away we go. It is the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. If you are downtown, you're at the banks, you're looking for something to do, make sure you go see our good friends at the Holy Grail. They will get you taken care of with delicious drinks, great food, and an outstanding atmosphere to enjoy your experience. Get yourself some Scentsy Light. 50 cents for every Scentsy Light sold at the Holy Grail is donated back to Scentsy Reigns. So in addition to the money that already goes from uh, drinking Scentsy Light, they go above and beyond because that's what our friends at the Holy Grail do. They go above and beyond and they will get you squared away an extra 50 cents going to Scentsy Reigns for every Scentsy Light that you drink. So go down and support those that support us. Dave, it's a celebration. <laughs> you know how we celebrate here? We don't, we don't celebrate at all. It's episode 400. 400. We've done 400 of these, Dave. Like, pretty, it's pretty that's good. A big number. That's a big number. It is. It's pretty One good. Show I don't know how many of them times. have been worth listening to. But I mean, know. the people keep listening to them, so they must be they must be all right. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I don't know. Must they we'll must see. like us or something? Yeah, Who knows? We'll see. You know, a lot of people when they have these big milestone episodes, right? They like they they load up the guest list, they they make a big spectacle of it, they they get a bunch of people to come on and tell them how great they are. That's not really our style, is it? I didn't even I didn't even know it was episode four hundred until about seven minutes ago. So yeah, we we were really in really in tune to. So what's been going on? <laughs> I mean, I knew. I just I, well, we did. We were working on a guest uh, that we were hoping to have tonight, but it, it kind of fell through last minute. He had something that was absolutely more important uh, than spending any time with us two idiots. Um, I know you roll your eyes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a celebration. It's, it's great times. And, uh, I mean, the big, the big money BCJ donors are already, already in the chat. Connor, they're rolling in to celebrate 400, 499 Richard Smiley, 499. Wait, what for year my did guys. we start the podcast? I, I think it was, well, so Tim and I did some. But I don't, Tim and I did some before Tim retired, but I think we started over in 16 um, when I took over sole ownership. So it was either in like 14, 15 with, with Tim when we first started the idea. Um, and we were recording on, I think at that point in time, we were recording on Skype, which was a nightmare. I wasn't um, a part of that. I know that. No. And then uh, we no, you were part of that. We were doing Skype for a while. Was I? I don't. 
No, you were because Zoom didn't really come along until like the pandemic. Right, but I'm trying to think like what. So what were we? Because I I know obviously we had you know the infamous first Dave after dark was after the UCLA game in 2018. So we've yeah. clearly been doing it that long. It's been uh, since 16, you and I have been doing this. Like when I took over full time, this was one of the things geez. that was like. It's been that long. Like, yeah. Connor Cole died 99. Turn those pockets inside out. Everybody <laughs> scream and shout. Let's see if we can. Let's see if you guys. Here's a challenge. Can you guys donate $400 <laughs> for episode 400? We are at. Uh, what are we at? 13, 17. 1697. No, I can't no, do math tonight. 1997. 1999, yeah, whatever. We're not even there. Yeah. Um, we, we appreciate you, Connor, since we don't celebrate and have some Cincy light on, on him at the Holy Grail. I don't even have any Congrats Cincy light the in the house right now. We drank it all at the last game. I have a couple, but not enough to like, like actually drink. I think there's like four or five in my fridge. I need to stock back up. So it is what it is. Like we probably should have had Cincy Light to celebrate the occasion. We, we probably not, should have had Turtles Brew they're not to celebrate paying. the occasion. I got some Turtles Brew. Cincy Light's not paying us. I know, but just, you know, to, to support the cause. Um. Connor, also, thanks for a second donation with the women's jerseys dropping today. When can we look for the men's to drop? Um, and how's the basketball recruiting going? Any name to look out for? Uh, I don't, the, wins, the men's jerseys should be dropping soon. I don't know exactly when. Wouldn't be shocked if it was uh, media day or sometime here in the, the very near future. I mean, they're they're done. It's just a matter of when they put out the video to celebrate um basketball recruiting it's almost friday connor that's all i can tell you almost friday i think it'll be a good friday here on bcj stay tuned to the network because <laughs> you know we'll have more um so yeah i guess we should do like uh like we're not gonna have our normal segments figure out how to handle like uh like ad reads today i i have a a segment we can do an ad read for okay uh we in in lieu of like not having a we don't really i don't really think we need to talk about the byu game do we i don't i mean i don't I mean, have anything really left to say like, i've done that you've done that um when yeah. we don't have a game to preview but I did. I did want to just like do a, you know, what's a cliche? Like, let's take a temperature check. Uh, let's let's yeah. do. I was, a, you know what I was thinking? Like, I was thinking something similar. I was thinking, let's go position group by position group, and like, what what needs to improve for the second half? So we'll I, take. I, I had a couple, just like not position group necessarily, but like big boilerplate. Like, what needs to be better? Outside of the two things that we've talked about for three weeks being better, yeah. like I tried to find something else, a um, couple other well, things, one offense, one defense. So let's combine that 
into, we'll make this the team ticker bi-week segment. And it's brought to you by Team Ticker. It's a one-of-a-kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. You see right there. It's delightful. Uh, they play the fight song, sometimes unexpectedly, sometimes when the game starts, sometimes when Josh Wiley scores a touchdown, <laughs> they play the fight song. Uh, it's a high-tech retro display that provides daily updates of the latest news, stats, schedules, and much more. No subscription required. You're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave, your dorm room, your apartment on campus, a gift for that special Bearcats fan. Go to teamticker.com and pick up your team ticker today. They are fantastic. You can see I've got the Seapaw. Aaron's got the Bearcat. Um, and they also, just in case, Michigan State and Penn State also now available at teamticker.com. 25% off. Your purchase right now. $25. $25. Yeah, very, very I did, different. I did that. I did that one. Very different. So I know. $25 off of your purchase. Uh, we Everything else we do normally is in percents, like so such and such percent. So that just gets in my brain. But $25 off of your purchase. Teamticker.com. Get one. You'll love it. They're great. Uh, all right, you you've got some some talking points. Let's go through yours, and then we'll fill in the we'll backfill the rest. How's that sound? Sounds good. Uh, okay. First off, I, I I you know everybody knows that listens to the brunch, and thank you to everybody that does that. Hopefully, you know we can continue to grow that and get some get more people joining us in the morning with our regulars. But and on this show, we talk a lot of data, a lot of analytics if you will and so i was like okay well let's just do like a little quick check on some of the major ones that most people know about and see where this team stands five games in and two games into the big 12 season where they have played what i think everyone would say is a team in the top group and a team in the muddled middle i think it's is fair to say so if you we'll start with SP plus, they are 48th. They actually moved up a spot after the BYU game. And they are ninth, ninth in the conference. FPI, 41st, 7th in the conference. Sagrin, 52nd, 11th in the conference. Uh, FEI, which is kind of a efficiency data point, takes offense, defense, puts them all together. You know, 50th, uh, ninth in the conference, and then K Ford, 46th, eighth in the conference. And I guess I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I see when I watch the games. And that if you just don't have the glaring issues of, you know, third and fourth down in red zone, like none of those numbers surprise me. I don't like that's what I see. I see a better than average top half of college football, you know, seventh to 11th place, big 12 team. Right. And so sometimes I think it's important to, you know, try to step away a little bit from the week to week of it and go back to what 
we talked about going in, what other people talked about going into the season, of how are they going to look? Like, in the step up in class from the week-to-week grind of the AAC, and we're not in the week-to-week grind of the Big 12 yet, obviously. We're only two two out of, you know, eight games in. Um, but, or two out of nine games in. I think they have looked as, you know, as the same as the other teams. Like, to this point, with who they've played, I don't think they have looked overmatched. You know, which was a concern coming into the season. You know, there's obviously ebbs and flows and times of games when you're like, man, you know, offensively against Oklahoma, obviously, but it, you know, they had their, they still had their moments, but like, and I think that is the frustrating part is you look at some of these numbers and you, and you really, and you go, yeah, this team is not, they're not terrible. They're just not doing things at the right times. Uh, when thing, when things kind of matter most. And then they're, you know, certainly against BYU making some critical errors. Um, but but this team is kind of where I thought they would be in, in those numbers part, not a, necessarily a record part or whatever. I mean, that's kind of where I thought they'd be. And that's kind of where I think they'll be throughout because they're not playing anybody that's like, Texas, who's probably top five in every one of these numbers. Kansas State, who's top 15 in every one of these numbers. TCU, who's top 25 in every one of these numbers. Like, they're not playing any of those teams. So, you know, it comes down to, and next week I'm sure you guys will talk about it with Scott, but, like, what are we doing, best you were allowed to say, to fix the things that have now – Happened three weeks in a row. But they haven't. Like, that's the, the red zone stuff. Yeah, kind of. Um, and they, but, still kick like, two, um, they still kicked two field goals from inside the red zone. I know. But they also scored two touchdowns from, like, this far outside of the red zone. Right. Like, I, 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 but I'm just, like, what I'm saying is it wasn't, nothing has been as crazy bad as the Miami game. No. For one. But, but you. And, but but like but just let me finish. Let me finish. And like third down was was almost specifically an Oklahoma game thing. Like it, it wasn't terrible against BYU. It wasn't terrible against Miami. Not so like not there in- are problems that are kind of ebb and flowing that tie together as high leverage. Like that's why we talk about they haven't been great in high leverage situations. Not in the cumulative but i think third and fourth and short has been a problem across the board yeah like third down they're not terrible like you look i think they're like sixth or seventh just straight up third down in the conference but third and fourth and short they're not good and that's not broken down on the data that that i'm able to see um and you know red zone touchdown you know Touchdown percentage in the red zone, they're 13th in the conference. Yeah, the problem is the the last two games just haven't gotten. I think they got there twice against Oklahoma and what, what, three times against BYU? Uh, I mean, I know they kicked two red zone field goals. Did they have like a fourth down where they didn't pick it up in the red zone? 
I don't remember right off yeah, the top. Yeah, I don't I don't either. It was very late. I do not like the 10-15 kickoffs in the least. Um that was that was rough to say to say, <laughs> you know. Um but like those things you, okay, you you have a bye week. Week regardless of Iowa State's defense, which is good. But I mean, Oklahoma absolutely blitzed them, and they have a very good offense. So I'm not comparing UC's offense to their offense at all. No, I mean, it, like Iowa State, the interesting thing I thought there, like Cincinnati tried to cloud them and keep Oklahoma in front as much as possible. Iowa State went a lot of straight man, which created Oklahoma guys just catching the ball and running. Yeah. Like, so like, to the end zone. You know, the micro of it is. I'm not super discouraged yet because like I see plenty of good things and we can pinpoint very specific areas that they are failing in. Yeah. This is this isn't a man. These guys got off the bus and they don't look anything like these teams. The other team, right. It's not that. It's not oh man, like we can't do anything like against anybody whether it would be Pitt, Oklahoma, BYU like if that was the case I'd be like this is a much bigger macro thing this is a rebuild complete this is got this it is to the studs rebuild yeah this is micro this is we're pretty good except in these very specific areas offensively and I've got one on defense that we'll talk about but like so halfway through the season after a bye week, you know, I'm, if we see more of the same, then it becomes more of a macro, a bigger picture issue to me. And not just a, oh, you know, it's just a couple games where we had it eight, times, side, eight right. times in the red zone and only scored two touchdowns. Or it's just a couple games where, you know, we couldn't pick up some third and fourth and shorts. Now we're at, you know. A, a, more than a quarter, you know, a quarter of the season, yeah. we're having we're having those issues, and that to me is would would set off alarms for this is more than just like figuring some stuff out. Yeah, I think you know what, what it comes down to is we're going to find out how this coaching staff can can kind of infuse whatever's next, right? Because we've seen five weeks of of stuff and teams, you know, they, they got all got out to a hot start teams clearly adjusted to try to take away what was working in some of those situations. Now you got two weeks to kind of sit back, analyze the data, analyze the tape and say, okay, now here's what we need to do pushing forward to adjust to the adjustments like to to change the dynamic of where we've kind of been during this three game losing streak right and you're going to be going up against a team that defensively kind of has the same philosophy that Luke Fickle had which is we're going to do what we do so like they're not going to yeah. roll in here in two weeks playing some more than likely playing some defense we haven't seen before like they're kind of like, hey, this is our defense. It's been good for to really good several years in a row. It's what we hang our head on. Like we're gonna do our stuff. 
So there should be no like, oh, I didn't, we didn't see, we didn't see any of that on tape, you know, when we were studying them. They played totally different coverages right. than than they had shown, you know, in previous weeks. That should not be the case. So again, you know, same issues keep popping up. Then this is becoming more, you know, of a program thing and less of just a getting our feet wet learning the big 12 learning our roster learning what plays work what plays don't yeah i mean i also do think dave you you have to give some credence in those high leverage situations to an offense that has 10 new starters like absolutely i don't disagree with that but the percentages are so bad you almost can't you almost can't be that bad without like you can't be that bad and then be that good in other areas i guess that's my point like it's very hard for me to it's very hard for me to believe that 10 new starters is not an issue on first and 10 from the 45 but it is an issue on first and 10 from the 17. Well, I mean maybe it is if first and 10 from the 45 they're just giving Xavier Henderson 10 free yards and from the 17 they're not. Yeah, but like I, I mean I, you're making I'm saying we talked about this millions of dollars like figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, that's a high school thing to be like, you know, I'm not sure what to do here. Like, come on. We've been, these guys have all been coaches for a damn long time that have had successful offenses uh, at several different places. Like, it shouldn't be that difficult. It shouldn't be. It has. It shouldn't be. <laughs> shouldn't, right. Okay. What else you got? Uh, I am, so we'll go. I got one. Uh, I got a couple on offense that I think really need to improve if this team's gonna take a step. And then I've got uh, a couple on defense that need to improve. And one of them is somewhat not in their control. But offensively, tenth in sacks allowed has to get better. Not sure it can. I mean, we kind of talked about that on Sunday morning. Like we can, you and I have been out there. We've seen it. We talked about it leading into the season. Like we, we had concerns about tackle. It might just be the best. It might just be what it is at this point. Like you right. can only do so much with what you have. So how do you, again, how do you work around that? You know, there's been plenty of teams that have been deficient in a, at a position or not as good as they'd like to be at a position and have figured out a way to still Scheme around it, help those guys out. Uh, you know, just they, but come on, they're stop like hiding a bad offensive line. Like a bad offensive line is a bad offensive line. Well, I don't coaches. think the whole offensive line is bad. I mean, I in pass protection, I would disagree. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been great. So, I mean, it's across the board. It, it, Emery's on it too. Like sacks are not a quarterback number. They're not an offensive line number. I'm just saying, like. If this team, I know going, what I'm saying is they've come from outside the right tackle. They've come from outside the left tackle. They've oh, come yeah. from the middle. Like, like the the line has not. They've been they've been really good in run and run blocking. I think they have not been good in pass protection anywhere. Like I don't know that there's anywhere I look at that line and say like that that they've been they've done a really good job. Right. The oh no, I agree. I'm just saying. I'm just using that as a a point of yeah. 
if they could if, back if, a little. if there's somewhere they could improve if it you know might not be this might be the best we got this year so right. but it's still an area that you look at and go you know this line could protect a little bit better the rest of the year it doesn't have to take some insane jump but you know if they could protect a little bit better the rest of the year um give Emory a little bit more time then maybe some things open up down the field and then the other one is his turnovers. Uh, right. You know, his interceptions tied for last and in interceptions thrown in the conference was sixth. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, I, a couple of them I don't really have a problem with, like the one against Oklahoma late in, the ga- late in the game. Like, he's, made, oh. he's, try- he's trying to make a play. Like, you're down. It's fourth yeah. down. There's guys hanging on your legs. Like, he can't take a sack. So, I mean, like, whatever on that one. Um, the other just, one in the Oklahoma game was terrible. Yes, it was awful. We talked, you know, we talked about that, and the read was wrong. Everything was wrong with that one. You know, whether or not the guy at BYU went rogue, I still don't think it was a good read. Uh, I still no, think I mean, never said it. Like, as soon as he – like, he knew it was bad as soon as he let the – like – that's how that shit happens sometimes is you're reading something and then right as you go to throw it, you're like, ah, oh, oh yeah. But there's just like, you know, like there is, they don't have a margin for error offensively right now to just be to, given to the have, team to lead the, ball. the conference and in interceptions. Right. Right. You're not good enough to lead the conference and in interceptions. Yeah. For sure. So th- those are kind of my notes on, on offense defense, the past defense is not good. No. And, and, you know, the run defense is good. I mean, they are, I want to say, second or third in yards allowed. They're sixth, I think, in yards per carry, but it's still allowed. It's still under four, um, which is which is fine. Uh, but, like, pass defense rating, this is all conference ranked. 12th in the conference in pass defense rating allowed. 14th in touchdowns allowed and 13th in yards per attempt. Then yards per attempt coincides with pressure, which I guess has just been okay. You know, totally missing against um, BYU uh, and a right. decent against Oklahoma. I mean, certainly buoyed by the picking was, was a lot of pressure, but, you know, yards per attempt being 13th, those numbers have to change. Like, because it doesn't matter how good you are running the ball if, like we saw, or stopping the run, like we saw with BYU, you know, great, you made them one-dimensional. And, you know, on three drives, they be, they basically beat you on three drives because yep. you couldn't couldn't stop their pass game. Yep. And we're going to play Kansas can throw it, Houston can throw it, um, UCF can throw it. Like, we're, we're not going to... We're not really playing, you know, maybe Iowa State, you know, if Baylor's quarterback gets back to health, they've got some weapons on the outside. Um, So it's not like we're just playing a bunch of teams that are, their bread and butter is running the ball. And if you force them to throw, it's like, okay, then that's okay too. You know, these teams are going to be very fine dropping back to throw. Right. And we, it has to get better. It just does. Well, what, what what were we told? This defense, there's a there's a high propensity for boom or bust because of 
the way that they play this defense. Well, but the, we're I'll, not getting the boom. Yeah, we're it's like the bust. we're pressure. You, you're you're pressuring, and you're leaving guys open. But yeah, the pressure is not even getting there. What did we talk about? Like this defensive line is not built to be right. a dominant pass rush. It, it's just like. Those, those guys are going to win some individual battles and they're going to get after the quarterback from time to time because they're good and they're talented. But this is not some twitchy, explosive defensive front seven that guys are coming off the edge that you can't lock. It, I like, think it just the, it isn't. And the, the pro, in my opinion, I could be totally wrong here. In my opinion, though, I would be I would pressure even more. Because I don't. Because they're already getting torched in the back end. With well, that's the thing is, is. If, okay, play it out opposite. If we only rush three, uh-huh. do you think the back end is good enough? Like, yeah, there's more guys back there, but are they good enough to in cover yeah. to cover longer when you're only rushing three? If none, if you know, if the two right. guys on the outside are essentially double teamed, or if you know the centers getting help from a guard against Dante or something, and one of the two outside guys is singled up. Like, do you think they're good enough to get to the quarterback in enough time to where he's just not sitting back there just waiting for someone to get open? Right. Now, I do think, I I will say this, I do think especially Oklahoma and BYU, there was more keep everything or at least attempt to keep everything in front um, than than normal. Uh, You know, clearly, like, like Pitt, they they sent everybody. Which at, at I know. Did you see who got benched this week? Did he? Mm-hmm. Jerkovic got got punted. Yeah. Bad transfer. Bad transfer. <laughs> um. But like, but the the Jerkovic thing aside, they dominated Pitt's line, which was supposed to be pretty good. Like and that's the they're, they're, yeah they're. And that's the weird part is like they didn't get anything against BYU, and I thought that, that would be a big time advantage for them. Yeah. Like their left tackle is really, really good. He's going to be a draft pick, uh, but he's coming in hurt. He was hurt the week before and came back in the game, but he's coming in hurt. They've had some other guys already injured, and then they benched their right tackle. And we didn't, I mean, outside of the play that Dorian Jones almost got him, and uh, he ended up throwing the ball. To chase, uh, chase Roberts. Roberts, yeah. Like, how many? Like, not even like sacks. How many knockdowns did we even get? Well, they and then they had the one in the end zone. Um. Yeah, it was almost a yeah, yeah, almost, almost a sack. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, certainly like none in the second half. No. I mean, that's really all I remember is two times where they, like, legitimately got after the quarterback. So, and that goes hand-in-hand with your coverage, but, like, you know, I just don't – I'm not – without, you know, without Sammy and who knows when and if he'll play, I just don't think there's enough dudes back there to to say, okay, like, let's keep – let's play zone, let's keep everything in front of us. Let's flood the, you know, <clears throat> drop. Let's flood areas and everything and just try to get there with three. Like, I don't think that's the way to do it. Yeah. So, uh, 
three, four, five quarterback hurries are listed for that game. Deshaun Pace, I don't recall. Jack Dingle had one, the one we just talked about in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Eric Phillips had two. I remember one of them where he he was really close to getting home, and they just barely got the ball off. And then Watley had one that I that I remember that was pretty good. Um, they don't list the one from uh, Dorian Jones as a hurry. Like I don't. Yeah. What else do you have to do? Maybe because like, he, he, he was. I a, mean, he was maybe because. It has maybe it has to do with he didn't like throw it. He eluded him and then and then well, he was getting it. hit by him as he threw it. That's what made the ball float. Yeah, I mean I don't know what how they can calculate. So okay, like so that was uh, add that so six. So six big shit. Well, I mean the only thing I, I guess you could say there is they only had uh twenty four pass attempts. So if you pressured him on six of them. That's that's a pretty good percentage. It's a pretty good win rate. But the problem being, you didn't sack him at all. Like, well, okay, it, you you got after him, but you didn't sack him once. Yeah, I mean, I would I would just say like just watching the game. I mean, you can say six of twenty four, but like watching the game, how many times? How often do you felt? Did you feel like Slovis was uncomfortable? Well, I think that's easy to look back at and say uh, because there were no sacks. Like, so none of them were like, maybe they got after him, but because they didn't get home, then you see it as, uh, ah, who cares? But, I mean, if you get after him 25% of the time on, on dropbacks, like that, I'm just saying that's not a, that's not a terrible number. But it's not good enough no. because nobody got home. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter how many times you were around if it never created if the pass the... Was, you know, and we can say, I mean, it was totally fluky, but, like, one of those yeah. times was a, whatever, 50, 60-yard touchdown. Right. So you, usually if you're around the quarterback, you're forcing incompletions, you're getting interceptions, you're getting sacks, you know, and that that's kind of my other one, which is somewhat out of their control because the offense plays a part in it as well, is their 12th in turnover margin in the conference at minus one. Like they're just not defensively, whether it's sacks, forced fumbles, interceptions, they're not gen- like you need, if you're going to blitz, if you're going to pressure, you got to generate more big tackles for loss, interceptions, fumbles, what you know, whatever. You got to. Well, and like, like they have to they loss, have to like, go hand in hand. Tackles for loss, that's also like uh how do I want to put this to uh, there were a lot of them. I think they had seven or eight tackles for loss, but one yard, one yard, one yard, one yard, one yard, one yard, three yards. Two yards, one yard. Like, yeah, they they did a good job containing BYU, like, especially their run game. And we didn't talk BYU, but I do want to ask you about talk to you about something uh in a second. But like, yeah, you you're you're getting tackles for loss in the stat sheet, but it's just not 
there, there's no splash to it. There's no big play. There's no yeah. It's first for a loss. It's first, of 12. Da- it's first down run, one yard loss, and then right. they They're get second. And then second they get seven one-yard loss. Yeah, then they get seven on second down and pick up the third down on third and five. So it does. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, you right. had you obviously had a loss on a play, and then you get up a third and 13, 27-yard touchdown run. Which I will fully admit, I still have not seen. I fell asleep at that segment of the game and then woke up. It was the exact same. It was the almost the exact same play Oklahoma ran. Just a, oh, like the, a week. the give up, the give up run. We give. We're going to take the field goal. It's starting 13. We're, we're in, you know, easy field goal range. We're going to take the field goal. We're going to hand off and run it off the right side. Uh, you're going to tackle us for a gain of three. And, you know, like, we're going to move on. And just scored it out the right side. 13 yards. Um, so, I know there's been a lot of talk about the first half and how – great the numbers were for Cincinnati's defense in the first half. I fully, that was BYU's fault. Because what did they do? What did we say that they were going to try to do in that game early, Dave? Well, I I thought we established the run. We're going to establish the run. We're going to run it right at them. And they couldn't run. Because it was so It was so bad the week before. Right. That, that, you know. Three and out, three and out. Like, the, the first series, they ran the ball. Like, I think there were three pretty good runs in that first drive. Then they stalled out in the, at the 50. And then they had, I think, three consecutive three and outs because they kept trying to run the ball. And they're bad at it. You can't run. Stop trying to run. And then once they stopped trying to run, the game looked entirely different. Like, I, everybody looked at that and said, well, why didn't the Cincinnati defense just do what they did at the, the first, you know, 29 and a half minutes of the half? Like, what? It, what? Why, why couldn't they do that? They couldn't do that because BYU wasn't trying to establish the run. Like, they yeah. had no chance of establishing. I would be you interested- were never going to run the ball against the Cincinnati defense. If I cared to go back and look, I would be interested to see like what were their third down yardages in the first half versus the second half. Well, I'm not going to go to the second half. Uh, but like, I can tell you, but I'm saying like if you're if you're trying to run the ball more in the first half than they did in the second, then you're probably sitting at a lot more third and long, so it's easier to play defense. Right. If they just said screw um, it, we'll just throw, you know. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. And again, they hardly ran any plays because their touchdown drives in the second half were all five right. plays or less. <laughs> um, so, third and eight on their second series. Uh, they went short pass for two yards, rush for zero yards, incomplete on third and eight punt. That was their second drive. The first drive, like I said, they had a couple good runs on that yeah. first mm-hmm. drive. Uh, a gain of seven, a gain of 13, and then they went three and out. Or, like, you know, they got stopped at the 48-yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, second quarter, uh, first down run for three, 
second down pass for two, third down incomplete, fourth and five punt. Uh, fourth drive, incomplete, rush for four, incomplete punt. And then obviously the fifth drive was the, you know, yeah. straight down the field. But I mean, like clearly they wanted to establish like some some dominance at the line of scrimmage. I think it was a, build, um, a bit, trying to build some confidence in an offensive maybe, line yeah. that, that couldn't run the ball. I mean, they ran the ball for nine yards against Kansas, who does not who's like whose defense is not you know anything right. that anybody any, many other teams would be like. Yes, we want that defense. Uh, so I think it was building, co- trying to build some confidence, whether it was but, you know existing players or you know new guys in there. Um, my my point being, when people are like, "Why didn't they just do what they did for the rest of the half at the end?" Because BYU it, it ignorantly not just come out and taken advantage of what's in, like they said. Essentially, our game plan is to test Cincinnati's strength and let them off on their weakness. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm another team. Maybe not totally, regardless of who my quarterback is. Like I know Iowa State starting a freshman. Uh, he actually, at times, didn't look bad. He didn't, he, and they have two. They have two pretty good receivers too. But like, I mean, I'm throwing the ball seventy percent of the time against this defense. Uh, uh, yeah, 60, I'm 70% percent. Ju- I'm the time. just being like, all right, I'll take I'll take my chances. Yeah, you got me. You might get some sacks, but you haven't been able to get turnovers. You, you haven't. You know, weirdly, you've been kind of worse on third and long than third and medium and short. Third and medium and short, they're really good. <laughs> so, I'm just being like, yeah, if I, you know, if I throw the, if, I, if my quarterback throws it 40 times and four of them go into the end zone for a touchdown, are you going to score 29 points and beat me? Right. It, it, and again, David, like, <laughs> talk about this a little Monday. What was there? There were ten. Uh, Jerkovich had 10 completions in the pit game. Gabbard had 12, 13 completions in the Miami game. Um, and then uh, Slovis completed. Thirteen. Like. These teams aren't throwing at all. Like. I've never seen a situation. A team, I've been like three or four games. Teams have completed less than fifteen passes in yeah. each of those three games: Pitt, Miami, Oklahoma, Cincinnati's one and two. Make it make sense. Like that's the, like I, I don't know that I've ever experienced a season like this, Dave, where almost none of the numbers make sense, and you come across more of them. Every week as trend, you know, new trends start to develop. Like, yeah, I think we're all in agreement the past defense hasn't been good. And like the, 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 the there's been 35 completed passes in three of yeah. the last four games combined. I just I just looked at it. Dylan Gabriel completed 26 passes. The yeah. other four quarterbacks they've played against, no one's completed more than 13. It's it, 
doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. There's there you're, you're my you're supposed to make it make sense, Dave. That's what I have you here for. No, I mean that's what that's why I looked up those kind of numbers because they're more so they're more beyond the box score numbers. Like we know the box score is not making any sense, but we also can't keep going on and on about if I told you that this happened, like that right, only right, right. works that only works for a couple of weeks. Then I'm just like I'm done with like that's just what you are then. It's no more of like if I told you this happens. Then now you're just you just suck at this until you fix it. Right. Like you're you know like kind of like I'm you're not fat saying the past you're, you're fat until I'm you're saying, not. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying the past defense is good. I'm saying it doesn't make any sense that teams are completing this low a per, like number in percentage of passes because we've well, seen them. But I mean look good. at it. Okay. Three of the ten completions by Yurkovic were touchdowns. Yeah. Th- three of the completions 13. by Slovis were touchdowns. Uh, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna count EKU. Uh, he threw what the first one, another one. I mean, I think maybe one three. At the end in overtime. So, so three, three of his four. three of his twelve. So yes, they're only completing thirteen passes, but forty percent of them are going for touchdowns. Touchdowns, right? Well, you don't need to complete a lot of them. If, like I said, if you throw it forty times and four of them are touchdowns, we're not winning right now. But this is also how much the mistakes are killing this team. Because their teams aren't running the ball on this defense. No, they're giving, they're not up, they're the giving up 100 yards a game. Right. Teams are not running the ball against this defense. And they're only completing 10 to 13 passes a week on this defense. And they're two and three. Like, that just amplifies... This team has shot itself in the foot. So, like, Cheddar Bob is like, can you guys chill out? Yeah. But it's, and it's both sides. Like, they, they seem to – both sides seem to trade off, like, who's going to make the crippling the mistake, mistake on this, right. on this, in this game or in this half. Right. Like, you know, you know, Emery throws an interception, you know, for a touchdown. Braden fields a punt he shouldn't have. And the defense is like, hold on, watch this. We'll totally drop this coverage, you know, at the end of the first half, or we'll give up this third and 13 run for a 27-yard touchdown. Like, keep Right. Watch this shit. <laughs> hold my beer. I can't believe I didn't get more of a reaction for that Cheddar Bob. <laughs> you know Cheddar Bob, right? I've seen course, 8 Mile? I do. I mean – you don't think of the, the other person that lives in this house, you don't think I've seen eight miles? <laughs> I'm just saying. You didn't react at all. You were just like, eh. You didn't even get I mean, a I, smile. I gotcha. It's episode 400, Dave. It's a party. It is a party. It is a party. <laughs> Con, Con, I want to get to Connor's question. Okay. Connor asked, could this team win or compete in the AAC? And where would you put them if we were still there? Uh, I would say, yeah, because one, I don't think the AAC is very good. I think it's Tulane, Memphis, SMU, I guess. Um, we already, I mean, we kind of know what all those teams are. So, yeah, they could Tulane absolutely. Tulane stinks, right? No, they're, they're, they're four and one. They're all right. Okay. okay. Pratt, was, Pratt was hurt for a couple games. Um, but, no, I think they're UTSA. I'm sorry. Tulsa. Tulsa Tul- stinks. Yeah, Tulane U- is 
UTSA is the one that I thought would be better. Frank Harris, their quarterback, has been – he's had so many knee problems, and I guess, in, you know, and this one is still still an issue. So they have not had as good of a year as a lot of people thought. Not that we – you know, that's, but that's my point is, like, this is not a bad football team. They're, they've been bad three weeks in a row at some some areas that, you know, if you ask me – where when do I not football games? <laughs> where do I not want to be bad? Uh, it's touchdown percentage in the red zone and third and third and fourth and short. Like those would be pretty high on my list. Behind like don't turn the ball over five times a uh, game. Well, and 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 defense not getting turnovers and sacks. Yeah, like that's and teams are still only completing twelve passes a game. Like I. Yeah, they're run. They're rushing for four, almost four point nine yards a carry, two hundred twenty yeah. yards a game. Like the pass off. I mean, we can talk about different elements of like Emory's game, and and we talked about the turnovers, but like no passing statistic outside of interceptions is anywhere. Like maybe touched, but touchdowns. But I mean, they haven't scored touchdowns. Period. So it's like that's not an Emory necessarily issue. But like, right. there is no passing stat. That this team is anywhere near the bottom of the conference in. No, I mean, they're fourth in the conference in offense. That they're so. What did you think about the first down stat? What, you know the first have, down stat. They have a million of them. They're num. They're number one in the country, Dave. In the country, they are, they are the number one team in the country in first downs. Uh, I guess. That can that is good, but it also I, tells I, tells me that you are not right. having very many, bad. very many twenty or thirty or forty yard right. plays. It tells me you're moving the ball down the field ten and a half yards at a time, and when you do that, you're more prone to failure. Which is all, not- which also is I think they are. I know they were at least in the Big Twelve. They're probably not nationally because of the service academies, but they're averaging like thirty five yards of. Or 35 minutes a game in time of possession. Fifth nationally? Fifth nationally. Yeah. I don't care about that stat. Right. Like, that stat means nothing to me. If You, you know who didn't give a fuck about time of possession? Brian Kelly. Yeah. If you're not cashing in those drives for touchdowns, yeah. If, you, if, you're an, if you're Army or Navy and you're holding the ball for nine minutes and you finish the drive with a touchdown, then absolutely give me all the time of possession I can have. <laughs> right. But if you're finishing it with a 22-yard field goal or a missed 26-yard field goal or a turnover on fourth down, like then I don't give a shit. Right. It doesn't mean anything. I, to me, it goes back to the they're not getting enough big plays. Like, right. and they're not getting enough medium plays. Like, where are the 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 17 yard like the 22, 23-yard gains are like. The second biggest game of the day. Well, that that was team. my that was the stat I pulled from the Oklahoma game is on their four scoring drives, they had at least one play of like eighteen yards or more. Right. In that entire game, we had one play over eighteen yards. Right. And it was twenty two yards, so it wasn't even like it was. Well, there were. Again, you forgot you. Subtracted the Shaman play for 35 oh. against Oklahoma. Yeah. The second largest was 22. We didn't yeah. talk about this on the brunch, but like, yeah, yeah, like, okay, 22 yards was your second longest play. And you had two. And of your them. longest was 35. And you gave up. Yeah. You, 
you're giving up one a drive. At least one of 18 or more on each of their scoring. Like you're like that's why I said you are not going to you know drive after drive six seven minute you know seven 14 plays 75 yards. You're not gonna do you're not gonna do that over and over again. Right. Right. Even at five yards a rush. It's just not it's not gonna happen. Mm-mm. I mean, even yeah, they ran no. the ball great against BYU from a yardage and like yards per carry standpoint, but Emory had all their long runs. Yeah. Corey and Miles, I think maybe the longest run was like 13 yards from the running backs. Yeah, they still were both pretty good yards for carry, but yeah, they ran it 30, they ran it 31 times for 133. So I mean it was fine. Yeah. But like there's no 25. And that's on the backs. Like the the offensive line will block you to 10 yards. They're not blocking you to 50. You got well, and I I gotta pause for one second so i'll need you to to chat here but you got to make somebody miss like that's the other thing like if i could go back into your notes and add something they're not winning enough one-on-one right mono mono plays there's not a lot of guys breaking tackles or putting a move on a guy and turning an eight yard finishing a sack yeah an eight yard run into a 18 yard run because you made the linebacker miss and the safety had to come over and clean it up. Uh, or you throw a little five-yard, you know, speed out or dig out, and the receiver spins out of it and, you know, turns a seven-yard play into a 17-yard play because the safety has to come over and push him out of bounds. There's just not near enough of that happening, and that's how you have – I don't even know if I'd call it efficient offense, but you have yards. Like we got a bunch of empty yards because of because of that stuff, because of not being able to hit twenty plus yard plays that loosen the defense up. Like these defenses do not have to get out of anything they're doing because they're not right now. They're not afraid of the ball going over their head, and they're not afraid of of anybody being in space and making making them pay for that. Like, the guys are coming up, they're making the tackles, and they can play basically their base defenses because they're not worried about any sort of explosive plays coming from UC. So, yeah, that's, that's like the, the, the crux of the problem is and we talked about this in a different light. Um, twenty twenty, it might have been last year, but uh, no, it was actually I think it was twenty twenty. The year Dez really struggled with with the deep ball, right? Um, teams are just like, okay, like we're gonna play within fifteen yards, and we have very little concern that you can even do something for twenty. Like, we're just going to put 11 guys within 15 yards of the snap. We don't have to drop anybody deep. We don't, like, we don't have to care. You know, I, and, I, I don't know if it's in their playbook, but, like, something I'd, I'd try just to see if you can loosen them up. Like, almost like Max Protect, we're a running team. They're going to think you're going to run the ball. And just send 
Xavier deep and and see and just see what happens. Like how many times are we getting beat because of PI calls because they're literally just throwing it up and seeing what happens? Like right. can't we we can't do the same thing? Like, yeah, you say like we're not protect we can't protect long enough to get to second and third reads or to get to explosive plays. Okay, then max protect. That's a wondering. That's a wondering. It's one read. We're gonna max protect, max and throw, it and throw it to our fastest guy, like old school yard football, and we're gonna see what happens. Right. I definitely don't think you're wrong, but yeah, that number one, number one in the country in first downs. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Do you think the lack of big plays can be blamed on the lackluster play of the O line? In the, in the passing game, I would say that has a big thing to do with it because a big play, unless you're throwing the ball and breaking a tackle and having an incredible amount of yards after catch, big plays take time. Like, it takes time for a wide receiver to run 25 yards down the field. If the quarterback doesn't have time to throw, to, to throw the ball, then you're not going to have very many big plays. I mean, watch the damn Bengals game Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Like, why aren't they throwing the ball down the field? Because there's no freaking time to. Like, yeah. Very true. I mean, I, w- I would say in the pass game, absolutely. In the run game, like I said, backs need to make – backs make big plays. Right. Outside of those rare occurrences where you just hit the hole perfect and maybe you run right past a blitzer on, like, a third or fourth and short. Like, you have very many – long running plays where the blocking is the reason that the guy went 60 yards the blocking well, like the, the the EKU game and the pit game there were 50 plus yard games because Corey Kiner ran through a hole the size of a freight train and just got down the field yeah those were both the, the those are the two best blocked running plays of the season yeah but yeah typically though a big run is because the running back won. Made somebody miss. Somewhere in the play. Whether he outran him on the edge, whether he broke a tackle, whether he made a miss. Like, you know, the line is, you know, the line blocks to a certain point, and then it's on the back to make it happen. Right. Like, how many times are you going to get like this was the the crux of the Miami game that a lot of people don't want to talk about. When they ran the ball, they got the running back one on one with the linebacker, and the linebacker won every time. Can't happen. Yeah, I mean, there's a there was a play in the Oklahoma game going towards the student section. So I want to say second quarter, it's third and two, pretty decent sized hole, handed off to Miles. Linebacker comes in and just flat stones him. And if he makes him miss or gets out of that tackle, I'm not saying he scores, but it's a long run because there was nobody else there. Right. And he stoned him so hard that he, it's not even like he hit him and he fell forward and picked up a first down on third and two. Like he didn't move. Right. And then they punted on the they, other way. They punted on fourth and one. Right. Like you're just not playing good enough, clean enough football to when that type of a situation presents itself to not be able to make a play there. I think that was the dude that ended up with like 14 tackles, though. That was probably oh, the best Danny, player on the Danny field. Danny Stutzman was that he had was ball. outstanding that game, but like, I mean, you know, win the one on one. 
Yeah. That's, you know, a I mean, lot of this stuff. That, that's, is, a, that's a play where I'm just like, you know, I'm not trying to be an apologist for one side or another, but, you know, I think especially in college, like most people are reluctant to talk about players. They want, they'll talk about coaches. I'm like, that had nothing to do with coaching. Like the play was right there. Make the damn play. Right. They put you in a situation to gain two yards one-on-one with the linebacker. Gain two yards. Don't let him like stop you stone cold at the line of scrimmage and then stand over you and drink beers. <laughs> so yeah, I mean those, you know, we've gone on long enough, but like I think there's some pretty clear things that if they can get better at, and I'm not even say like significantly better. Just be better. Marginally better. 10%, 15% better. <laughs> then then I think you can still have a successful season. You can win some of these games. I mean, like, you know, I was looking at K, K Ford breaks down, you know, either your schedule and, you know, the percentage they think that you're going to win. I mean, their highest percentage is that they're going to win four, four more games, followed by three, followed by five. So it's like, but there was a pretty big gap between three and four versus three and five. So, I mean, it's pretty much splitting hairs on three and five. And I think four of their remaining games, they had them at 60% or better, um, you know, chance to win. So like, this is very, you know, we say it's very easy. It's obviously not very easy, but like it's right in front of them to still have a better year than they've had to this point. And it's just a matter of, you know, do the averages even out or is this just how it's going to be? Yeah. And guess what? Like, isn't K-State last year kind of a perfect example? Like, I know the teams are different, but they played great defense. They held a bunch of teams to 20 points or less, and they won one Big 12 game because no, Iowa State they never – Huh? Or Iowa, Iowa State, State. That's yeah. Right. That's mm-hmm. right, Iowa State. Um, they never got over the hump because they never made the plays to get over the hump. Yeah, they lost, like, five or six games by, like, I don't know what – seven points or less, four points or less, like – Yeah. Like that's like that's this team could be on that path because I don't think it's it, it, we talk about there are some issues with the defense, but still I don't think anybody outside of a maybe one off where they you know somebody just gets hot or whatever. Um, we even saw that against great Luke Fickle defenses. Like it happens sometimes, but I don't think they're going to be in blowouts like they're not going to be in situations the rest of the way maybe kansas i don't know but like they they just need to get into a point where like the miami game was i guess kind of back and forth the oklahoma game was they were behind the whole time and you know once the the end of the second first half thing happened with byu i mean they were playing catch up the whole time i want to see this team play defense with a lead in the run game that they have. Yeah. Like, but you have but you have to take advantage of those opportunities in the first half to be able to like the pick game. Like it's a right. lot easier to go after the quarterback when you know they're gonna throw because they're down by 20 in the third quarter. Right. Down by 17, down by 14. Instead of, you know, you should be going into the half with at least a, a, a small lead, but at least a lead. 
And then instead you're down and they've got their foot on the gas. They score the first two drives to start the, the second half. And now you're down 28 to 13. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever it was at that point. I think it was 28 to 13. Whatever. Good question though, Connor. Um, all right, let's uh let's timestamp. Turtle Brew is your timestamp sponsor. Zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free, six percent ABV, bourbon infused sweet tea, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, lemonade. Arnold Palmer, Turtles Brew, and uh, Strawberry Mint. Uh, right around 50 locations in Greater Cincinnati. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and location. A portion of the proceeds go to Save the Sea Turtles. Uh, they're in Toledo, Cincinnati, now expanding in Central Ohio. And uh, support our friends at Turtles Brew because uh, they are here to support us. Let's go real quick, uh, position by position, like a, a kind of state of where we see things. Um, obviously, we'll start with quarterback. I think Emory has been fine. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been fine. Like, if you if you sit down and look at the numbers at the end of every game, you go, he's been fine. Like, he's had... 250 passing yards, 100, right around 100 rushing yards. He's been fine. Is this segment brought to us by Homefield? Uh, no, I was going to do something different for Homefield. Fair enough. We're like we're freelancing tonight. We're making it up as we go because it's the buy. I'm just trying to keep. I'm just trying to keep. I know. I know. I know. I'll, I'll get to Homefield. I've got them. I pulled them up. They are next on my call sheet. Um, but. Uh, this segment is uh, brought to you by us in the Holy Grail. Um, <laughs> brought to you by me. Quarterback, like, I, I, it could be a lot, David, it could be a lot fucking worse at quarterback than the way Emory Jones has played. Does that say he's been perfect? No. Does that say he's, it, it's, he's been fine. I mean, based That's on, the best I way mean, I can describe it. He has, he's got a lot of tape. He's got a lot of snaps. He's got a track record. Like, He's kind of been what he's been. Like, not really any of it has surprised me too much. Like, he can be a weapon in the run game. He can be a good passer at times, and then he can make some confounding head-scratching plays at times. Like, that's it's usually what guys that are on their third school and are still in college, you know, in their After sixth six year years, are. Right. Like, yeah. but I think I said it on Sunday, like, if you're if – you're, going to watch this offense and what they've done and said all of these things would be different if they just had a different quarterback, I would tell you you're not, we're just not watching the same games. Correct. Yeah. I think that's the best, probably the best way to put it. Well said, Dave. Episode 400 and you're bringing the heat. I said something well smart, said. finally. Running back. Um, I'd say I mean, about we, what we expected. We just hashed it out, though. I mean, they've been they've been good, but you can, there's got to be more big plays from. Like I'm, yeah. I'm expecting Miles Montgomery to make some big plays, and he just hasn't really yet. Yeah. So it's he's it's not been to that. Well, he's gotten to that eight nine yard point, and then been tackled. Yeah. Like, like and if you're gonna if you're gonna be the change that. of pace speed back, I need. I need seven carries for 65 yards, not seven carries for 39 yards. And not to talk about this again too much, but 
what was the stat you told me before the season last year? Satterfield's team had more 40 plus yard plays than more 40 plus yard running plays than anybody in the country. Uh, it's at some point in the seat. Like, I think I saw it was a stat during one of the games I was watching either the pit game. I think it was in the pit game. So about halfway through the year, they had, yeah. you know, halfway through the year, thereabouts. They had, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. When he was at Louisville, Last year, yeah, I believe they no, had more the, forty-yard rushing games. plays. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw okay, the okay, stat okay. though during gotcha, one gotcha. of the games. I don't you know. You can if... clarify which pit game, Dave. Oh, sorry. Yes, they played them last year as well. In this year. <laughs> um, but I'm yeah, like, like, in this year's pit game. I didn't know. The, the backs, about? the backs have been good. I mean, you can't rush for two twenty and not be good. Right. But I'm like, we need to see more, more explosives. But that that goes. You know, we can talk wide receivers. It's the same thing. Let's talk wide receivers. Then we need to see more explosives. Uh, yeah. They're taking a lot of safe, I think. that That's the vibe I've gotten. And, and I don't hate that. Like, I'm not mad at that because it moves the ball. But then you also need to take the safe and make them pay for it when they adjust. It's, yeah, like, it's not to, as much of a wide receiver thing as it might be a, a, a play thing. I don't think we threaten the middle of the field enough. Uh, we saw that one throw to Aaron Turner kind of down the seam where he, you know, kind of turned. And, oh, and by the way, I wanted to to talk about that. Everybody's like, oh, if he throws the better ball, it's a touchdown. If he throws the ball any lower, there was a defender right between him and Aaron Turner. Aaron Turner is my size. He's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, I don't want to short myself. I'm at least 5'8". But he had to get elevation on that ball. Because if he throws it right to Aaron Turner, he probably hits the other guy in the face. Well, yeah, it's an over line. It's an the over line. the linebacker right. in front of the safety throw. But you know, it's we saw it on one of those like Shimon's things. Shimon's touchdown. Um, I just I want to offensively. If we're just going to talk how to get explosives, like I want to see more Turner, Braden Smith, middle of the field, tight end, middle of the field. Now again, those plays take time to, you know. To, to do sometimes because you generally have to chip or pretend you're chipping and then get down the field right so yeah but i mean i think you know i think there's ways to generate it but again it's sometimes guys just you know sometimes the guys just got to make a guy miss or got to break a tackle to make a big play like again how many wider how many times do wide receivers just run in a straight line past their guy for a touchdown i mean it happens but like Versus how many times the, oh, the first play of the Miami game just yeah versus how many times versus how many times a wide receiver takes a, a twenty yard pass and turns it into you know something right. much bigger right we're not getting any of those um, Xavier Xavier Henderson has been very good fair to say D Wiggins disappointment a little falls, bit at this point he falls down a lot he does can I, am I allowed to say that. He does fall down a decent amount. <laughs> there's there's some fall down issues. I mean, Donovan uh, doesn't have a catch, does he? No, they have targeted him some, but like I don't think it's ever been really like the stuff I saw them like use him the way they used him in camp when they I mean, thought he had like he had like thirty something, forty something catches last year at Washington State. Right. Now they're in a, right. it's a different offense, you know. But like, but not, still, have, not have any. 
through five games? Right. Um, Braden Smith has, as, as the wide receiver, has been electric when the ball has come his way. Yeah, I think you got to target him more. I mean, he, he went almost the entire Oklahoma game without a target until the very end. Right. He had one catch on that really nice diving diving long ball, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got to get him the ball more. You got to, if he's supposed to be a, a game breaker, game breaker. Right. a big play guy, then figure out a way to get him the ball. It doesn't have to be traditional, you know, out of the slot running a route. Like figure, like figure out ways to get the ball in his hands more. Yeah. Tight end. Um, uh, totally under, you know, non-existent until last week. Uh, I disagree. Peyton I mean, Singletary was used early. I mean, yes, I guess, but like, in felt like the same yeah, touchdowns same, in what the first three games it felt like the same way every time though i mean i i think i'm saying like more again more more ways to get them the ball i felt like, i think in the last two weeks we're seeing shaman is becoming yeah what we what we envisioned shaman becoming felt like more of a like, concerted effort to to get him the ball at least well last. yeah that's that's a big part of it like and that what's what's that tell you Earning the trust of his coach and his quarterback, that this is right now. He's had the big, like the bigger, biggest plays in the last two games. Yeah, and if he doesn't drop the ball at Oklahoma or against Oklahoma, we might be talking about he's the first half MVP <laughs> for the way he's played the last couple of weeks. So, uh, I'm sure we don't like again. There's only so many guys, and they're they're spreading it around pretty well. Uh, but this is a team that can really attack a defense with tight end. I think uh, offensive line. I mean, we've talked about this as much as anything. The run blocking has been good to borderline. I don't want to say great, but like above, well above average. In run blocking, the pass blocking has been bad. Yeah. And in college football in 2023, that's a that's a tough place to be. Right. It's a tough place to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, your offensive line thoughts. Yeah. You just gotta. They have. You know. I don't know if I. I doubt it's different guys. I don't know if it's more misdirection trying to get the defense defensive lines a little bit more on their heels, a little bit more guessing. I mean, the way Oklahoma's linebackers were firing up in the first half, like they weren't worried about anything going over their heads. They saw something that was like, doesn't matter. They're not going to throw it over your head. Just sell out against the run. And if it's not a run, you're going full speed at the quarterback. Like, so, yep. so they got to do something to kind of make those make the defensive line and the linebackers hesitate a little bit and not be so confident in what they're doing, whether that's formationally, whether that's you know quick game, what you know you just they're they're too aggressive. Like, and I think that's part of the reason the line's having a hard time is the defense is is kind of has a pretty good idea of what they're looking at. Yeah, agreed. Uh, defensive line, like a, like, they've been good, but it's. I it was sacrilege when I said it, but I feared this, Dave. 
and we've talked about it since my J left. They just don't have that. And Dan Greshik at times has been good, but he's not six five with you know a, a six eight wingspan that can just and like explode on you with their athleticism. Yeah, I guess I expected have a pass rusher. Whether it turned into sacks or not, I kind of I I guess I'm probably expected more just like pure pressure off the edge from him. Um, you yeah, know, I, I, I don't think know how much even, of that is the, the calls and how right. much of that is him. I, you know, I think I'm not saying that you know they've all been good, but like I think there's been moments where even the the you know even the the main guys have kind of been MIA on on stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not expecting a D tackle to direct shop all game and be in the backfield all the time. But like, but but here's what's fair, Dave. If he's doubled all the time, which he is, and somebody and somebody is getting, then where's the single? Attack the single and win the individual battle. Like, right. there's there's not enough. You know, Eric Phillips has probably been the best at it so far. It feels like there's one time a game right now where you're like, ooh, all right, Eric. But we're not seeing it enough. Yeah. We're not seeing I mean, it enough. I'm not going to compare him to like, compare anybody to like Aaron Donald, but I mean, Aaron Donald gets a lot of attention. Other guys see that as an opportunity to make plays. Dante Corleone gets a lot of attention. The other guys just aren't making the plays right now. Yeah, the difference is Aaron Donald, you can triple team him and he'll still, and still your right. ass and get oh, to yeah. the quarterback. Sure. <laughs> That's For why sure. he might be the best defensive player in the history of the NFL. But He's up yeah. there. Linebacker. Just very inconsistent week in, week out. Yeah. <laughs> we we've seen a good game from Dingle. We've seen a good game from Dorian Jones. We've seen a good game from uh Pace. I thought he was against BYU he was looked like kind of what we expected him to look like and then um Greshik has has had flashes but I still game to game to game to game. why was Ivan awesome because every game you knew Ivan Pace was gonna have yeah. 13 yeah, I mean, that's that's the mark of a great player is they're number one on the scouting report and they still produce right I still have big concerns about Pace, Dingle's shown it. Dorian Jones, not as much because he's not asked to, but like I have big concerns about them in coverage. Yeah. And that was that was always going to be the risk of making pace. Let's they made him a nickel. I think he's athletic enough inside the hashes. I don't think he's fast enough to actually cover anybody. Because he's a linebacker safety hybrid and not a corner hybrid. Like I it's just me, but in football in 2023, I want a corner hybrid at nickel. Yeah, I mean it was James. It was like James Wiggins. Well, Wiggins, and, but Arquan, like Arquan, held that spot. For yeah, but I think, but I'm saying Wiggins, years. I feel like is more in line with like what Pace is as an athlete and size wise, and. But but I would say Wiggins was more of a corner safety than a corner than a safety linebacker. Yeah, I mean they played and in the Wiggins box was, a lot. Though, Wiggins so. was elite covering the slot. Yeah, like that the year before he hurt his knee, I think he was the number one guy in the country covering slot receivers. Yeah, I just you know I'm just he, saying I don't 
I don't teams, compare Wiggins to teams don't to use the tight end in college in that way, so he's ending up covering more receivers. Five receivers, right? It's just it ain't it, man. Yeah, I'm with you, a thousand percent with you. They're they're well, but also, what are teams doing in their scouting? They're looking and saying, "This guy's the linebacker." Yeah, like what? what why did slot receivers become prominent? Because you wanted to get a smaller, faster guy on a linebacker and have to make plays. His pace, he's not a big, bulky, like, like power linebacker, but he's still a linebacker, I think. Yeah. Maybe a safety, but he's definitely not a corner. Yeah. And, yeah, a uh, corner. I mean, without Sammy, they just don't have the depth. And an overall talent to run with teams that have like BYU had three legit receivers. Right. If you got if you only got two, I think they're okay. But if you got if you got two pretty good guys outside and somebody in the slot, I think I think that's when they get in trouble. And if you don't, I mean, Jordan Young had a a very good beginning of camp, but I think Sammy was. Probably considerably better consistently throughout. I thought so, the last the last four days or so, Jordan Young like rose back up. But so, I mean, he but definitely I, did one of these where Sammy was. was I would say, you know, good. Sammy's probably their best corner. Yeah, I mean, right there, but like Jordan so Young is very good. Yeah, so if Sammy's saying, just as good as Jordan Young. We're having a different conversation about corners, right? It's not, and I don't think Justin Harris has been nearly as bad as people think. But it's Justin has the propensity on the deep ball to be handsy. No, it's it's a highlight position. Like you're, it's very clear when a corner screws up. It's not as clear when the defensive tackle screws up, or right, even the right. linebacker screws up. Like it's obvious when a corner screws up. They your li- guy catches the ball. Da 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 island. Like, yeah, your guy catches the ball or you commit a penalty. Like, it's pretty obvious. Or the quarterback throws it eight yards over the receiver's head and the DB goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he had something to do with it. Right, <laughs> right. Safety. It kind of rolls in with corner. Like, this, just the secondary in general. Like, I, I expected more impact plays from threats. I mean, like, I think he's yeah. He's been he's been a little cold. Yeah, the, the interception. I he had him early. Yeah, the interception against Miami, and I just kind of like, where's he been? I mean, he's still around and involved in a lot of tackles, but he's never like the first guy there. Right, but like you're one of the returning starters. You're one of the the guys especially at safety and in the secondary that we're counting on. Like, I got to see, I got to see more. Yeah. What against, uh, against BYU, five tackles, three solo, one tackle for loss for one yard, no hurries, no breakups, no interceptions. Yeah. I think he's been, and another guy that's been good, like good, but not, the like no, all I, conference type safety whatever. But like, I need you to like. He hasn't been better than last year. No, 
So, I mean, I need you to be better than last year. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, and I'm that's saying, what I'm saying. Like, that's the way I look at it. Like, you're coming yeah. back. The, the defense has some a lot of new parts in the back end. Like, I need you to be the dude. I need you to be better than last year. And I think Tosh has been okay. Uh, he's he's Tosh. Like, we know who Tosh Ward is by now. Yeah. But he's played so an ass ton of football. So do all the teams we're playing. Right. Right. Um, punter. I, I don't think Fletch has been great. Yeah, my we you know, I love Fletch. I think Fletch would tell you. I've been again. Is that another thing like we keep running into, Dave? This guy's been he's been good, but he hasn't hasn't been great. Like we're getting a lot of that, aren't we? Yeah. And again, like might might be on something. You're one of the premier punters in the country. I don't think he's punted like that. I don't think you mean. I don't think he's he's had a couple, um, right? But like, there's been more than a couple where I've been like, "Oh, that's you know, that's not very good." Yeah, and at inopportune times, it feels like as well. Yeah. So, I yeah, I I would give him like a B minus C plus. Yeah. I mean, I just have high, I have high expectations. Right, he's supposed to be an A plus. Like I'm sure there's half the country would be like, "Oh yeah, we'd take that guy in a second. No, ninety percent of the country would take him in a second. I mean, I'm him, yes, but I'm saying like his season. Right. Like if you just looked at the numbers, they'd be like, "Yeah, we right. take that." But I'm like, yeah. "No, that's that's not. I I've seen him well, be better." You know, it hurt too. Two things. One, the Oklahoma punter was dreadful, and. Fletch kind of had an opportunity there to like, like stand out. Like when you compared numbers, yeah. like damn, Fletch had three 50 yard balls and, you know, two inside the 10, got one down to the three. Because that other, the, the Oklahoma guy gifted Cincinnati field position multiple times that they didn't take advantage of. Um, but then in BYU, the BYU guy was bad. Oh, he, he knocked the piss out of a couple of them. Right, like he was better. So, uh, B, like B minus, C plus. Yeah. I think there's too many B minuses on this team, Dave. Yeah, I mean, especially if we're talking about like the guys that we coming into the season, we were like, we're I don't have to be A's. I don't have to worry about him. I know what I'm getting out of him. Those guys can't yeah. be lower than what they were giving you last well, year. The problem, I don't think they're lower necessarily. Like threats, we could probably argue for for days. The problem is they they're not. Like everybody is kind of at that B plus B B B minus. Well, like I would say, Mason's not punting the ball as good as he did last year. No, I think that's fair. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Like I said, I would I would bet Mason would Mason would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kicker, uh, I think Carter I mean, Brown. Yeah, I think he's really been good. he's been good. He's missed some inopportune kicks, a couple, but like considering what we've dealt with the last several years, like I. I don't really, you know, when he misses a kick, I'm more surprised than I, yeah. you know, I'm not, we're not going into it. Like, what was it? The one year where I said, just stop kicking freaking field goals, period. Yeah. Yeah. 21. Was it, was it 21 or what? Where I was like, why uh, are we kicking? 20. Field- I think it was, I think it was 20. 
Why are we kicking field goals no, now? It was 21 because that was right before they brought in Ryan Coe. Yeah. And we were like, oh, my God. We got we got a guy that can kick. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I have no issues with him. I mean, kickers are going to miss. Like, what? And college, college kickers are going to miss extra points. They're going to miss short field goals. Like, so, like, guys aren't going to go, you know, only the true premier draftable guys are going to go perfect. And, you know, the, the he one. He missed an extra point, has he? Uh, yeah, one. Which one? Um, he's, I think he's 16 for 17. Okay. I don't remember the miss. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't know. Um, I will, I think I told this story. I'll tell it again because it's episode 400 and the people are here for entertainment. Um, the 54 yarder against Oklahoma, I was standing in the end zone right next to one of the, uh, luxury boxes or like field suites, whatever field suites and talking to a member of BCJ. And he's like, do you kick it here? And I'm like, man, I. I don't think well, I don't think he's got 54 in him. I think he might have 50, 51 in him. I don't know if he's got 54 in him. Like I think I would probably go for the fourth down and deal with it from there. But nah, man, I, I don't think I I don't think I'd run him out there for 54. And we were standing right at the crossbar where that thing yeah. crawled over the <laughs> Well, they were like, like, you were wrong. I was like, look, man. I don't think most college kickers have, outside of the dude from Missouri, yeah, just, you know, drilled a 61-yarder with, like, 10 yards to spare. I don't think many college kickers have 54 in them. Right. But it was just funny because it was like, a, you know, one of those debates you're having, like, as you're sitting there watching the game. Oh, God. I, I was like, what? I was like, what? I was like, what are we doing? Right. Not be, not because I doubt his ability. Like I just don't kick. I just wouldn't Look, kick field goals. Like that's just my philosophy. Like, well, I I wouldn't kick fifty four yard field goals in that situation. Yeah, absolutely not. After he just missed a chip shot. Yeah, but that's why I'm not a college head football coach. Yeah, among and other, congrats reasons. to Carter Brown. Like I, all power, more power. That wasn't a taking a shot at him. I no, was just saying like. I think I would go like 48, 49, 50. Yeah, I would send them out there. 54. Whew. Like points have been really tough to come by. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about 54. And he's like, he, whew, right into my lap. I think I almost fielded the ball. If you go back and watch the tape, <laughs> uh, it was that I was that close to it. But well done. All right. There we go. Like, I think that was good. I think I was productive. You had your. Offense, defense, talking points. We went position by position, heading into the second half. I think that was it was excellent stuff, Dave. All right. So that's going to be another turtle through timestamp. Zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten free, six percent ABV, bourbon infused sweet tea, lemonade, sweet tea, Arnold Palmer infused bourbon drink. Come on. Strawberry mint, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. Turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. A portion of the proceeds, Dave, go to save the sea turtles. They're in Cincinnati, Toledo, and expanding now in central Ohio. 
I, I, you know, I think we did an hour and 30 minutes on football. I'm okay with football. Yeah. How about you? Anything else? No, 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 no. I mean, nothing UC related. I mean, very excited for the Texas Oklahoma game Saturday. Yeah. I get that. Um, trying to think. Is there anything else worth watching in the league? Uh, UCF Kansas. Iowa State, our next opponent, plays TCU. So yeah, should be another should be another good week of. Uh, I always I do like the buys, I do like the off weeks. I like the chance to just take it all in and not have to plan around UC's game. And Tennessee is off well, this week as well, so I have like the double the double well, uh, for weekend us, off. For us- Essentially, it was the double buy because last week was Friday. Right, true. We got the all day Saturday last week too. All day Saturday, Sunday last week. All day Saturday this week, and then we hunker down for <laughs> the next seven, like yeah. the next two months. We hunker down. Uh, but yeah, nice little, nice little deviation to not have anything to do this week. I think um, Kelly's sister is coming up from Nashville, so we'll probably. Hang out, do some uh, some things with them. I went to I went to Terry's Grocery and Pizza today, Dave. Oh, yeah, that's what it's you're outside you. I'm I'm surprised you've never been there. It's not even close to me. Oh, okay. Like, like it's thirty. Well, it's you it's that. You used to live out that way. No, no. This is as far east as I've ever lived. Like it's east of east. It's like almost <laughs> almost to Hillsboro. I mean, it t- it was an hour from my front door, like 90, 50 or sixty one minutes from my front door. That is a that's a hike. It was worth. It. So really cool. Like I don't, I'm not going to go there all the time. Well, because it's an hour away. Right, but it was a really cool spot. Like if they did have a grocery, they had like a a, a really good kitchen, good sandwiches, good pizza. Um, Kelsey had a a milkshake that was like like this and had yeah. a giant piece of cake, a piece of peanut butter and chocolate cake in it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good times. Enjoyed it. Uh, let's get to, we'll just kind of do a catch all here to close out the show brought to you by home field. Uh, the home field happy hour is in Dallas for a pop-up shop this weekend. At the Red River Red River Rivalry, Red, I'm glad we don't have to say that regularly. Um, if any of our Texas and Oklahoma fans want to stop by and have a drink, where's Steve at? Uh, on the brand or pick up some additional apparel? Reach out, let us know. Would love to say hello. Fifteen percent. I had to make sure uh, I said fifteen percent, not fifteen dollars, because it's confusing to me now. 15% off if you use code BCJ23 at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, a bunch of new new rules today, in effect, Dave, or passed through the NCAA governing body. Kind, kind of new. I mean, one, one has been a rule for a couple of years under a waiver. Uh, it's now just become in in written law or whatever. So yeah, they uh, you can now replace officially forever, I guess, or until they change the rule. 
There is no more limit, 20, right. no more twenty five class rule for football. That was there was a waiver for that uh, basically because of COVID the last couple of years, but that is now a thing. So if forty guys transfer out, you can bring forty guys in. Yeah. Did you see the basketball ones? Oof. Uh, I don't love it, Dave. I I don't know which one. Which ones are we talking about? The the new summer spring summer recruiting. Oh calendar. no, I have not seen any of the calendar ones. But always the only other one that I saw that was noteworthy was no more photo shoots on unofficial visits, which yes, I know which, which I know every, every school is thrilled about. But and someone brought this up, and which I agree with is like no one was making you do it. If yeah, but I, kids were going to do the photo shoots. Like that's where they were. Go why they were going to campuses was like well, that, for that's the, the that's the thing with like with the Ohio grand. Ohio State's thing was like you know five thousand where people are paying five thousand dollars to just to you know they're requesting five thousand dollars just to come on a visit. And I'm like, well, no one's making you pay it. Like, who's driving the market here? Who's 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 in charge? The SEC, because then the SEC says we. We have unlimited money. We don't care. So come on to our campus. Did we'll you see the stuff. Did you see the NIL deal uh, that the Utah got today? Yeah, everybody gets a truck. Everybody gets a truck. Uh, oh, a six month lease or something. What could go wrong, Dave? Well, I mean, <laughs> what could go wrong with giving? 18 year olds a $70,000 truck for six months. I mean, in my opinion, literally nothing. Literally nothing? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they completely upended the basketball recruiting calendar, Dave. Um, April is out. There are no more April evaluation periods for coaches. Um, May, they get one weekend. June, they get like a, like a six day window that they're probably going to change June as we go forward. And then in July, you get uh one short, like four day weekend. And then one five day right around peach jam. So coaches have made it. You know, I, the April thing's very clear, right? They did. They coaches weren't going out on the road in April because that's portal season. And right after the yeah, right after the final four, like well, that doesn't matter. Like they, I'm not. Yeah, they're not interested in like seeing high school guys at that point. No, it's your only chance to really better your roster for next year, right? By Just transfers and have and guys rates, visit, you know? and you don't want to yeah, be at some high school event in the middle of nowhere one weekend when you're trying to bring in transfers. Yeah, um, I there's so little now that allows coaches to see high school kids in person, especially in the summer when they're competing against you know, like-minded, like, like ability competition. Right. But what I think this will do, and it could be a great thing going forward for UC. This is, I think this is going to condense everything even more into the EYBL. 
Yeah. Because you don't get April, you get one weekend in May, and you get two weekends in July. Like, you're going from five weeks of coaches on the road able to scout AAU to two and a half. Yeah, so the bigger the bigger events will become even bigger because that's the coaches right. are going to. That's spend, where everybody's going to go. They're going to go. They're going to go to the events that have that they can see the most guys. Because right. yeah, their opportunities to see them are now you know fewer. So I'm only going to go to the the ones that I can you know check out most of my targets at. Most of the top 100. Like here's the crazy thing, Dave. The past, I don't know, probably five years, the numbers have played out to be about 70% of the top 100 play on the EYBL. Yeah. And it's going to get worse. Like, it's going to be 85%. Like, you know, the kids that are smart will actually probably do Adidas and Under Armour, like, if they're really good, because you can be the best person in that tournament right. as, like, the 14th best prospect in the country. So you can go there, and guess what? Coaches are going to go back to their head coach like, man, he was the best guy in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, but he was still only, you know, I say only, but, like, he was only, like, the the 17th-rated recruit in the class. He was the skinniest guy at Fat Camp. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know, man. They're just – they're so much of a turn away from high school kids. And seeing this calendar change – well, I mean, you like, isn't like, is that just is that coming out of the recommendation of the coaches though? Sure, absolutely. Like, I find it hard to believe that like ninety. That's what I said at the beginning of this. The coaches yeah. didn't want to be. They didn't want to have anything to do with being out on the road in April, I, because the last two years all they've been able to do is recruit the portal, and then they're literally every coach is in the gym, and. And on their phone, dealing with transfer stuff. Right. Like, nobody's actually watching the games in April right now. I just meant, in general, the shift away from high school more towards portal. Yeah, I mean, this is a sign of it. Yeah, like, but that I mean, is... that's what the coaches are wanting, though. Like, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. For whatever it's worth, they also shrank the window for the transfer portal from 60 days to 45 to days. 45. Yeah. Which, I mean, the only, the only, there is one interesting point in that, Aaron, is Which that, I'm sure the coaches um, wanted as well, because it's like, you want to know what your roster is. Like, you don't, you don't want a portal window that's ever, ever going where it's like, um, I have no idea, you know, if guys are going to leave or not. So I know, Dave. And I, I would, I would, I don't know this for sure. I'm going to venture to guess on one. Kentucky got burned by the 40, the 60 day thing last year. They ended up rebounding and like figuring it back out, but they were waiting on decisions from guys that were 50 50 on declaring for the draft. Right. And if they came back to school, they were going to transfer and be like high end. So that was a philosophy and it still will be at 45 days, but it's not going to be as, because by day, like 50, the portal was dry. Right. There was very, very little meat on the bone at that point. 
and everybody was waiting around to see six or seven guys that were going to be like all league type players. They're, you know, considering whether or not to stay in the draft. And most of them stayed in the draft. And there's a bunch of coaches left holding, you know what? Like, oh, well, shit, what do we do now? Like, we thought there was a chance we could get this guy if he pulled out of the draft and came back. You just don't, I don't, you have a lot less time, two less weeks to gather information about where you stand. So more guys are going to stay in with this thing moved to 45 days than are going to, you know, cut bait just because these guys all, they want to play in the NBA. Like they're, that's what they're doing. They're trying to become professionals and they're also trying to drive up their NIL value by being the last guys that hit the market. Like there's yeah, a couple different factors at play here, but um, yeah, this is what coaches wanted. They didn't want to be on the road in April uh, in what was a primary uh, transfer portal window. So now yeah. April's gone. It's crazy to me. Crazy to me that April's just gone. Yeah, the 45 days is the window to enter. Yeah, you can so, have as much time as you want to decide based on if someone wants to take yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so the waiver stuff. Um, hate how the NCAA does this transfer waiver stuff. They should have a timeline. I just don't know how you could. I just like don't all think submitted at different times. I mean, my philosophy is you shouldn't have to have a waiver. You should be able to transfer as many times as you want. I know, but this is the last bastion of control that they have. So everybody wanted it. Everybody wanted this control. Oh, that's the thing is the the like. You know, we, the, the big headline was the Mac Brown thing with the wide receiver. And it's like, uh, Mac, you must have early onset Alzheimer's because you're totally forgetting a year ago how you were trumpeting that this right. is out of control and we need more constraints and we right. need more guardrails. But then when it affects you, it's a problem. You know, so I don't want to hear it from the coaches. I just think like, you know, if, if a guy wants to leave or a girl wants to leave and someone else is willing to bring them on their team, there should be windows. I don't think it should be like a 365 open transfer window. But, like, if if I want to play here a year and I want to play somewhere else a year and they want to take me and then after that I want to – like, how many times do we really think that's going to happen where guys are just going to go boom, like year over year over year? Like, that's that would be very few and far between. But, like, I just don't understand the point of – whether it's one time free eligibility, the next time you got to sit out, like who cares? I just don't get it. I know, but it's, it's coaches want control, Dave. They want control. They want control. But then until it happens to them. <laughs> right. Right. Of course. Like the course. NCAA didn't come up with these rules because they felt like it. They were told to by the coaches. And the and the president the 80s. Right. Because and, yeah. the presidents told them because that's what their coaches told them they wanted. Right. But that's... then now that it screws you over, you oh God, you're you you do not care about the student athlete and blah blah blah. And again, it's why I always laugh at the the you know, the most lazy argument in college sports is 
They're going to leave the NCAA. Right. And then do what? You know what they're going to do if they leave the NCAA? They're going to create another NCAA. Because yeah, you have to have a governing body. You have to have someone to blame when things don't, you know, when you're going to blame. You have to have, in sports, you have to have a governing body that that makes the, sets the rules and does all, in like, that's, that's how sports work. Like that's and they're, they're, they're setting rules that they want. That's the most right. that's the funniest part about it is like they're not setting any rules there's, where literally like every coach is coming out and being like, we didn't want that. He, right. Here's the here's the best part of all that, Dave. But that no, I've never, I don't know, I'm sure I didn't come up with this. But you know, you know the crazy thing about the NCAA? They're the the rules are all theirs because there's no players union going to a bargaining table and getting right you know trade-offs so like right. owners yeah, we'll, in pro sports we'll give you this say, but, but we want this right owners in pro sports can say look we didn't we didn't want that the players wanted that yeah it was collectively bargained like that was one of the things that like we'll give we'll give you the number one thing you want but we want our number two and three right. that's fine in college sports it's only only what the presidents, ads, and coaches want. That, that's it. Yeah. There's, there's no other thing. Until there's like, too, too much, too much oversight now. Because too many people are getting caught for doing dumb shit. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, it's either Speaking a free market thing or it's not. Like, right. <laughs> Clowns can't have it, have it both ways. Speaking of people being caught being doing dumb shit, Urban Meyer being mentioned with Michigan State might be the funniest thing I heard all week. Well, well I mean, there's for... no way that's going to happen. It's just like silly internet shit. But yeah, I mean, look, let's look each other in the eyes here. If you're a program that needs to clean up your image, why not hire Urban Meyer? Yeah, I mean, I have, a, I have a I have a good friend that's a Michigan State grad and fan, and he was texting me last night about like why. Tell me why we shouldn't do it, and I'm like, <laughs> I go, well, um, <laughs> I, I you know I put it in uh, terms that I probably shouldn't say on on public uh, yeah on public consumption. I was like. You just fired a guy who, you know, and uh, not exactly the guy I'd be looking to replace him with. Look, the last time Urban Meyer had an incident, at least it was outside of somebody's pants. Yeah. But, no, it's, you know, there's no reason. It's so funny. And that's the thing, too, is, like, if you want – there's so many football coaches now that are doing kind of what he did. You don't – you you can just hire one of them without getting all of the other stuff. Right. And the guy never coached in the playoff era or, well, he never coached in the transfer portal or NIL era. You mean on the field, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. I'm not talking about an Herbs Pub and Grub or whatever the hell that place is called. Herbs. Herb rub, pub and oil oil check. Herb, herbs pub and grub or rub and tug or whatever. Her, yeah, herbs pub <laughs> and oil check. It's like in a it's a gas station complex that 
you know. It's like a Quaker you know, steak I, and lube, just different. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right. I don't I don't have a lot else, do you? Uh no. Uh any anything from Wes's media availability worth discussing. Um no, seemed, I mean I think it seemed pretty that, basic first to yeah. you know, kick off the year type stuff, but a lot of really good stuff last night on the nightcap. So check out there. Uh me, Keegan, and Aaron went through some of Wes's press conference, went through uh the entire practice slash scrimmage. Um, I don't think we need to rehash it here. Uh, I do yeah, think, since I didn't see any of it, there's no point. In... I do think uh, if you're a fan of this network, you'll want to be around, as long as everything goes as planned, you'll want to be around tomorrow night at 9, because I think we might have a, a very large surprise for everybody. And then uh, Friday... Tyler Betsy announcement, 3 o'clock. That'll be on the 24-7 Sports YouTube page. If it's good news, I would imagine one way, shape, or form will be live here discussing uh, Wes Miller landing uh, his highest-rated recruit to date. So there you go. Lots of good stuff coming. And then we'll take a chill weekend, and then we'll be back ready to go with uh, – Iowa State ramping up next week. So that's going to wrap it up. 400 episodes, Dave. Feels like yesterday. I still... Well, here's the the question before we go. You and I are... You're slightly older than me. A little bit. Will we both still be doing this 400 episodes from now? I will be. What the hell else am I going to do? <laughs> Look, here's the thing at this point in time. Like, I'm kind of boxed in here in that I've turned down a shit ton of opportunities to leave because people looked at us building this place and go, how the, what? There's nothing like that in the group of five and, you know, teams that even. It's like seven and a half years over that. But yeah. 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 And there have been opportunities that have come and gone because people have looked at the success of this place and gone, this guy might, must know something. And I was like, no, I'd like, this is, this is me. This is my community. Like, this is who I am. This is what I do. So I've said no to a bunch of opportunities. And now that it's successful and like where I wanted, you know, we're on the, the path. I don't think I could you probably are going to get sick of me at some point and be like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I mean, I think I would get, there's going to come a point. I don't know when it's going to be. It's not going to be about you. It's going to be like, do I really want to keep like retweeting the class of 2036's uh, offer, <laughs> offer tweets when I'm like a, almost a 50 year old man. So here's the thing. We can move you off of that. Like, we I mean, need somebody else to do that. But the I, question I, is, I, will you still I, enjoy I, this? I still enjoy that part as well. 
for uh, now, yes. This, this but like that's not a hard job to like get somebody to fill uh, You got to be pretty dedicated, my man. You know that. Well, like, but young kids are just on the internet. Like that's true. Like, there are like, there are definitely just, things that I don't know how to do that I would like to know how to do if I was much younger. I just don't care to learn. Right. Uh, right. That would that would you know be be more more of on the fun side. It's but it's like you know you gotta dig into some you gotta watch a lot of ball. You gotta right. you know yeah. know where to There's look for to some it. some interesting numbers. Um, this job is a lot harder than people think. Some people think we just show up. Turn the cameras on and go. I mean, very. I mean, shit. We weren't even prepared for the 400th episode. What do you I mean? You think we're going to be that prepared for like 404? We were completely prepared for the 400th episode. We just didn't. Like, we could have had a bunch of fanfare and a bunch of guests and like gassed us up, whatever. But we had we had to talk about ball. I I mean, people aren't a, here to see us get gassed up by our friends. There's a there's a guest I would have loved to have had, but you know, whatever. Who? I'll just leave it at that. Have a good night. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for episode 401 as we get ready for Iowa State and Homecoming. Love you guys, man. 400 shows. Unbelievable. We'll see you next time. Thanks to the Holy Grail, Home Field, Turtles Brew, Team Ticker. It's the BCJ Podcast right here on BearGutJournal.com.